This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conan O'Brien needs a fan. Want to talk to Conan? Visit teamcoco.com slash call Conan. Okay, let's get started. Hey, Conan O'Brien here, and welcome to another episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan. Usually uh, on this podcast, I talk to people out in the world who have questions for me. I interact with them. Just normal folk, much better than those creepy celebrities. Uh, but today, today is very special. We have two incredible guests, uh, and these people are very important to me, Jesse Gaskell and Mike Sweeney, uh, both both terrific Conan writers and the hosts of Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Now, this season of Inside Conan is going to look back at all 28 years of our late night run, starting from the very beginning, in 1993, the first episode, uh, and um, it's going to feature me, a conversation with yours truly, uh, talking to these two very brilliant writers who know me all too well. They know what makes me tick. They know what enrages me. They've got all the dirt. So this, uh, this should be interesting. Take notes because um, they're going to rip me a new one. I think. Isn't that right? Is that fair to say? Sure. I think we let the evidence speak for itself. Right. Well, first of all, I want to say on a personal note. We present note, it, you judge. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say on a personal note, uh, you know, between the, uh, of course, we went through the crazy pandemic and then uh, our show wrapped up uh, in late June. And uh, I haven't seen a lot of you guys and so I've really missed you. So it's nice to see you guys again. Yeah. Um, I mean that. Jesse, it's nice to see you. Nice Mike to see you. Mike Sweeney, uh, you and I have been together since almost the beginning of the late night show. We've right. traveled the globe together and and you and I have as well, Jesse, and all the travel shows. So you know where all the skeletons are buried. Right. <laughs> well, I don't remember a lot of them. That's a, it's. That's why we're digging up people who do remember. Right. I'm like, oh my God, that did happen. Yeah. Oh my. Uh -oh. That's we need another to bury crime. That again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are terrible. Yeah. You guys are terrible war crimes prosecutors. <laughs> You're constantly bumping into me and going, oh, we've been looking for you, but now we can't remember why. Tell us again. Yeah. Oh my God, another shallow grave. <laughs> oh, wow. I totally forgot it. It's right next to the park. 
parking lot. Yeah. So, but you know what I like is uh, you do this uh, inside Conan podcast and you do get people to talk about so much of the behind the scenes stuff mm. that's happened yeah. uh, on our show over the years. And that is the stuff that so many so many people do like to hear about and they like to hear how these shows really work right. and probably how people really behave. Right. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. one would believe it on our show, but- um, I know. Yeah. There, Every, there everyone is. thinks your your banter is scripted with, with interns and <laughs> right. yeah. with Sona, but- Do they really? No, they don't. No, they don't. I mean, some people oh. do, I think. He's wearing oh, a wire. Yeah. He's getting, someone's feeding him lines <laughs> mm-hmm. in the commissary. Can you imagine if I did have a wire in my ear uh. <laughs> all those years and it was telling me how to react to all my guests mm-hmm. and someone was coming up with that bullshit? <laughs> but no, uh, we, I, I've always was blessed with the very, very best writers. I uh-huh. mean, really uh, creative, left brain thinking writers that would come up with the strangest, uh, silly concepts. And uh, so thank you guys for doing the podcast because we did put so much work into all those shows and it's nice that you're honoring that and and uh, keeping, keeping that craziness alive. And uh, yeah, I mean, today I thought this would be a great way to launch the new season of Inside Conan, which is for me to be here with Sona. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, Sona. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yay, Sona. I get it. All right. Oh, you don't get enough? You don't get enough. <laughs> Wait, are you? I don't that's a rhetorical it. question. Yeah. <laughs> of course he doesn't get enough. You've heard of He wouldn't be here if Yay, there was Conan. an amount that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a podcast after 28 years of being on television every night. The, the Have name, you heard of a bottomless cup of coffee? <laughs> oh, man. The name of this podcast today is Conan O'Brien Has Employees. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. This You're is, the best. You're still the best. Welcome to an episode. another episode of Conan O'Brien Climbs Up His Own Ass and Thinks About Himself in the Third Person. And it... In an echo chamber. Uh, now, Jesse, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll let you uh, begin because uh, my ingrained uh, competitive contempt for uh, for Mike Sweeney uh, <laughs> leads me in your I'm direction. Glad it's finally out in the open. Yeah, uh, Jesse, uh, what makes the third season of Inside Conan different from the past two seasons? What what's oh. going to happen this season? Well, first of all, I think we finally figured out how to make a podcast. Right. <laughs> Sweeney it takes and a while. I yes. Finally stop talking over each other every minute. <laughs> <laughs> Except for right now. And and we figured out an arc. I, I think the first season we were literally like, uh, we need to record. We were pulling one in day. like the janitor as he walked right. by. Like, Someone who put what, cookies like down in the, the green room. Uh, do you have two hours to spare? <laughs> you know, we would just go and talk. But this year we're like, oh, let's start in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I think when you announced that you were ending the TBS show, there Mm -hmm. was this huge outpouring and all these articles written and people were sharing a lot of old clips from late night and just from your whole 28 years on TV. And so we thought it would be cool to start from the beginning and really do it as a retrospective Mm -hmm. season um, and talk to people from everywhere along the way. Uh, there's a lot of folks we still haven't talked to yet on right. the podcast who have great stories and can really kind of set the scene of what it was like in those early years. And I, I, I you know, what stuns me, I think, the most is that people will bring things up to me that they saw in 93, 94, 95, 
and I don't know what they're talking yeah. about. Right. <laughs> and when they describe it, it sounds completely undoable. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll realize we did it and that- uh, and <laughs> well, you have you ever watched the show? <laughs> you'd like it. <laughs> I, I like the host. The host seems needy. Um, That's crazy to me because you remember the weirdest stuff that happened years ago, but you don't remember a lot of the comedy you did. Well, uh, there's there was so much of it. We yeah. did, I think, all told, well over four thousand hours. So of, that would be wow. like maybe two or three sketches a night. That's yes. an insane yeah. amount of Yeah, and, and it really is the equivalent of if you had um, ate three different kinds of sandwiches or different kinds of food <laughs> right. a day uh, every you know five days a week uh, for 28 years. A lot of and then someone saying, you know, remember that time you had that sandwich? <laughs> yeah. That was, right. that was, uh, it was extra mustard. Yeah, there was extra right. mustard and three pieces of rye. And you go, no, I don't. And then, the, you know, only it's not three pieces of rye. It's, you know, remember what the time you and Leonardo DiCaprio were dunked in uh, in hot cheddar cheese. Right. <laughs> you'd think I'd remember that, but I don't. I would think you would. Yeah, would he was terribly would. burned. I remember that's why he never came back. His face mm -hmm. was, was awfully burned. That's why, yeah. yeah. That's why he's worked very little. You can see in The Revenant, the reason the bear attacks him is that he smelled cheddar cheese on Leo DiCaprio's oh, skin no. and attacked him. Yeah. And you can see him peeling the it off. bear, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I remember that stuns me. The other thing is I, I think um, young people or younger people, and they shouldn't know this, but they, it's ancient history to them. So they'll see things online but most people don't know how angry the show made, show made people when it first showed up because, right. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny because younger people seem to like the show, but so many people who tuned into, this is back when literally there's like three, maybe four networks and I'm one of three talk show hosts right. or four talk show hosts, late maybe talk late show night talk show hosts. hosts and people- t we're so mad at this weirdo, at his weird show. And so- But it's also getting used to somebody new. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I remember early SNL where they, you know, like Bill Murray, like, who's this guy? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. you're, you have to get used to these new right. and it, it, faces. It, it, it takes a while. Uh, but there was also, add to that, there was a lot of anger about the way that um, people thought, felt Letterman had been mistreated and he went in right. and I was filling mm -hmm. that slot and right. who do you think you are? And, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally I used to go into restaurants and people would say, you know, who do you think you are? Wow. You know? and, um, do and you that, ever think, wow, thank God there wasn't social media back then? Oh, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to look at it, but Ugh. there was something called newspapers <laughs> and they, <laughs> and I remembered very clearly going to, uh, talked to a therapist and I said to the therapist, people hate me. They think I'm not good at what I do. They think I'm a phony and that I, I don't belong in my job. And my therapist did what therapists do and said, listen, these are negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. They have no basis in reality. Mm -hmm. You're creating these negative thoughts because you have um, these bad feelings, but, but they're just thoughts. They're not real. Not no one's real. They're not facts. They're just thoughts. And I said, no, I'm quoting from the, <laughs> from the cover of USA Today. 
And I like showed the therapist. Did you have it? It was so funny. Uh, they made a pie chart about it. Yeah. Right. I, it's all black. It was just so funny to be talking. hatred. It was so funny to be talking to a therapist and have them go, please, these are just right. thoughts. And he went, yeah. no, 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 no. This is the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> See right here? Conan, no good at his job. He should go away. Wouldn't it be Most great if he died? Most hated man in America. Yeah. And, now uh, let's move on to periodicals. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I could laugh about it now. At the time, uh, it was uh, brutal. It was absolutely brutal. But uh, but it's it's nice too. I, I I wouldn't change a thing. I really wouldn't. It was just such a all twenty eight years was such a kooky uh, ride. And I'm so just when people come up to me and say, I remember the show where everybody was skeletons, and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's right. You know, like I can't believe right. we got away with this. I yeah. can't believe we did yeah. these things. And that, it's, that was a Halloween special. Yeah. And we got a very young, brand new Bill Hader to mm -hmm. do the opening of the show. It was a Halloween show and he did a great Vincent Price. I and did. so I oh, didn't wow. even, I hadn't met, I don't think I had met Bill Hader yet. One of the funniest people ever. Yeah. And I remembered asking, oh my God, the opening of his show has the most amazing Vincent Price yeah. voice. Uh -huh. And I said, oh yeah, it's this new guy on SNL and he, he, volunteered and he, uh, you know, he was a fan of the show and he did this great favor for us. And then of course- Well, he got paid. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he, got his, he got his $180. Um, but yeah, that's the other thing is there's all, there are all these, uh, f you know, famous actors and comedy performers who got their start uh, on your show. Yeah. In some form. Yeah. We had, you know, it's one of the funniest things is that we had a, a sketch. I don't know. I don't think it was the first season, but we used to do fake guests Right. And we wouldn't tell the audience. So it was so meta. And we would trick people into thinking, I remember one week. And you'd introduce them with the music and the oh, band. Oh, yeah, everything. So, very straight intro. So one of the things we did was Monday, we'd do the show. And, I, and, I, and at the top of the show, I say, this person's going to be on, this person's going to be on. And of course, uh, author of the book, you know, our civil liberties, uh, just, you know, you know, <laughs> justice thwarted or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, Josh, uh, Memick will be on the program and then we'd get, we'd do the show and I go like, you know, we didn't have time for Josh Memick, but we'll get him on tomorrow. And then we did the Tuesday show and I again, plugged him up front, very seriously, <laughs> very serious title of a book. We got to the end and I said, you know, we didn't have time again for Josh Mimic, my apology to him, but we'll have him on tomorrow. We did that again Wednesday. <laughs> oh then we did it again Thursday. And then Friday at the end of the show, I say, I'm so glad we have time for him tonight, Josh Mimic. And this guy comes out who looks just like an author and he's got a book that's got a serious title and he mm -hmm. sits down and he's livid. He's <laughs> furious. He's so angry. And he's an actor that we hired. Right. And yeah. the whole thing was scripted. And I'm like, so Josh tells us, he's like, oh, oh, so now- Oh, now, now, now you have time to talk yeah. to me, huh? huh? I came here every, I sat in that green room and he rips into me and loses it. And the whole thing's a joke. So many people watching at home just thought, first of all, they hadn't seen Monday through right. Thursday. Right. We were doing this inside joke for the one person in the who world all, who had seen yeah. all, that was the level of minutia. But for that one person. Seriously, yeah, but, but I would be like, oh no, no. We always, I, I was always a believer, and still am, that God's in the details. That you put these little things in there, and I learned right. that from SCTV. I think still one of the greatest pound for pound sketch shows of all time. Um, you know, uh, Catherine O'Hara and Marty mm -hmm. Short. And I don't want to go into naming everybody because it'll take forever. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, just this incredible cast of, of Finn John Candy came from SCTV and Joe Flaherty and Dave Thomas and, you know, Rick Moranis. But uh, and this amazing show, and they would put these little things in there that were just if you were paying attention. Little like Easter eggs. Like Easter eggs. Yeah. And this is before I even, you know, people's called them Easter eggs. It was just, they cared enough to do that. And I learned as a young teenager, young, you know, adolescent, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Care enough about the people watching that you put those right. things in there. And, and things would show up again several yeah. episodes later. So we did a thing where we announced that one of our guests, and again, very serious, was this uh, young girl who had won us, uh, the National Spelling Bee competition. And we talked to her and then we brought her out. And it was an actress we hired, this young actress who was fantastic. She was great. She really committed to it and fooled the audience. And the whole joke was that she's a terrible speller. Right? <laughs> we were having her spell right. words and she didn't get any of them right, but she was so good. And it was, um, I don't remember her age, but I think it was like a 12 year old Scarlett Johansson. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so this is just, those are the kind of people. Yeah. We also had uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade was was brand new. Mm-hmm. And so we had, you know, Amy Poehler anytime, you know, would come in and play Andy's sister. Yeah. Um, who had a crush on me and had this this giant right. uh, <laughs> headgear head yeah. on and had a crush on me. And then Andy would always, and she had, it was kind of inappropriate and creepy. And <laughs> and um, Andy would always sort of say, come, that's not really good. And I'd say, yeah, I really, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. And then she would become enraged and give these amazing <laughs> right. speeches. But I'm thinking about the firepower we had. And these were- And people. she was in a million. I, we, yeah. She was yeah. on the show maybe four out of the five days a week along oh, with and and I just look, I just I just, I just think Walsh. how yeah how blessed we were Jack mm-hmm. McBrayer and 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 as you say Matt Walsh and all these yep. people that went on to become you know showed up on everyone's television and they're famous in their own right and they're huge stars and you just think this is hilarious that we had these people yes. and that they would come in and do this amazing work for us yep. Uh, we were so lucky. Yeah, Just, and, it was a it was a great time in New York mm-hmm. and a great time for comedy and a great time to be in Rockefeller Center and just be able to pick up the phone and some of the coolest people would come in and do cameo, yeah, little cameo things that were incredible because they lived in yeah. Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, like Joey Ramone or just, just oh my so god, wow. the time we had Joey Ramone of the Ramones doing a he did a, a sketch for us a cameo walk on. And then he hung out backstage. Right. And then we always had a post-mortem, which is we would meet after the show. We did this throughout the whole run, all 28 years. We'd have a quick meeting after the end in of the show. In dressing room. In my dressing room, we'd go through, this worked. How come that didn't work? What happened there? Yeah, sorry, the camera forgot to, you know. We'd go through what, what went right, what went wrong. Joey Ramone came in and sat down and sat there during the meeting. He was just <laughs> sitting there. Because he thought- He had some notes. He, he had, no, he just was <laughs> wanted to know what was up. So Joey Ramone's sitting there and he's dressed like Joey Ramone. <laughs> Jeans, leather jacket, the sunglasses. And he's sitting there and we suddenly were just like, we're not going to have a meeting. Right. Let's talk to Joey Ramone sure. about what it's like to be Joey Ramone. <laughs> yeah. And he had that thick accent. Mm-hmm, from and, Queens. From Queens. And he was sitting there and we were just like, well, Joey, forget the show. Tell us like- 
I remember saying, we're, we're the fans the craziest. And he, and he was just, I, I can't do his accent. Right. But just, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, well, you, yeah, you can just, barely understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, uh, so, and, and he was like, oh, South America, they just go crazy in South America. And he was talking about South America and how there were certain countries in South America where they were bigger than the Beatles. And, right. <laughs> and they would go down there and do a stadium and then they would try, they would get in their van and people would be shaking the van. So- you know, he's telling us so all about what it's like to be Joey Ramone. Right. And that trumped anything. Yeah. And speaking of Trump, that was a mm-hmm. guy who used to do, that was a guy. The, <laughs> what a segue. The, but, uh. but he was someone who would just do bits. He would do anything. He would do anything on our show. <laughs> and we would literally have things like, can we get Dr. Joyce Brothers to do this ridiculous bit? Right. Um, you know, where she steps in some fake plastic poop. No, she said that's beneath right. her. All right, try Donald Trump. Right, right. I'll do <laughs> recommended Trump. I'll do it. He's already there. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. And he used to do all these bits uh, for us. And this yes. was this is I mean, anyone now would say, but Conan, how could you? And it's like he was a guy that did bits on our show. He was a great extra. All and, part and, of his climb. Yeah. And and what did we know? We didn't know. And he used to do I remembered he did um, the new Trump edition of Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Right. And he did the voiceover and it's like, it's Conan O'Brien like you've never seen it before. Right. Trump style, gold-plated desk, yeah. you know. And uh, we had a fountain. We put a big color fountain in front of your desk. And yeah. He and he did the voiceover. The idea was he bought the show. That he bought the show and, and gold-plated right, it right, and right. put all this stuff on it. And so it all seemed like funny, foolish nonsense mm. then and of course now it's gotta you know when i say when i tell people that guy who now has literally half the country uh at his beck and call yeah and is maybe the end of our democratic experiment was an extra on our show <laughs> was an extra on our goddamn show i don't understand what happened it could have been him or joey ramon could be yeah. president <laughs> <laughs> could have gone either oh, why way. Why couldn't Joey Ramon oh, become that president? Been great. <laughs> <laughs> it's now mandatory you wear a leather jacket. <laughs> I, I didn't know whether to run for president here or in uh, Venezuela. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It was. Uh, I mean that. That's why uh, I've always thought I'm disconnected from right. that guy. Whoever that guy was, I have a picture. You've seen I this love picture. calling him that guy, by the way. Well, it's no, but I mean, I'm not. Way. I'm not being. Um, it's probably the best way to go I, yeah. through life. Yeah, I'm not being facetious. Oh, I'm saying him. I don't. You know, it was so many years ago. Yeah, and I was so that when I talk about that version, whoever that 30 year old kid, I was 29 when I auditioned and got the show right after my 30th birthday. And I remember at the time thinking, well, I'm 30. That's old enough to have a TV show. And now I meet 30-year-olds and I'm like, you're way too young. You're a child. Yeah, right, you're right, a child. Yeah. That is really young. And I look at, there's a picture that Annie Leibovitz took of me that we, we put a sandwich board on me where I'm looking for help with my new late night show. Mm-hmm. And it was taken in, was that in April of 93 and it's okay. in Times Square. And you can look it up online, I bet. And I have that picture in my kitchen. Uh, I don't have any other pictures of me like around the house, but I have this picture that I hang up because it's such an amazing picture. And I look at that guy mm-hmm. and I look at him and he looks, I was had just turned 30, but I look about 17. <laughs> and I look at him and I think 
he's got this kind of sweet smile. And I think you have no fucking idea. Yeah. Cause this was before the show started. Right. Yeah. You have yeah. no idea What's what you're in. <laughs> you have no idea. No one warned you. <laughs> yeah. Who, how, how could you be warned? There was right. only one way to find out. Yeah. So, and I look at that guy and I go, I have a lot of affection for that guy, but yeah, good Lord. He's about to, um, He's he's gonna he's to yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, it and was... then help groom a future president. <laughs> <laughs> what an arc! Yeah. What an arc! You know it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus... They also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. (laughs) 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. Come on, if most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it in Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Well, you know, speaking of Jack McBrayer, we just spoke to him. Yeah. And he's a bit of a record keeper. He oh my God. sent us a document of every appearance. Oh my God. Wow. On the show. Yes, I believe meticulous. that too. Yes. And he was on 78 times. <gasps> oh my God. You're all here. And then at the end, he made a list, and we're probably going to post this with the yeah. episode, ways that I've died slash been abused. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a list. <laughs> all the different ways he was killed or maimed on in sketches on the show. In sketches, not in real life. Like, yeah, no. you, yeah. yeah. There might have been some carryover. I, um, <laughs> I Jack was always money in the bank. And this is before, always. before mm -hmm. 30 Rock. Yeah. Right? We used him in and and so no 2002 one 2002 he started. No one knew who he was, but he was just this hilarious and is a hilarious performer. And we would, um, you know, use him in all these different ways. And I always would do this improv where whenever Jack was around, I'd be 
the kind of cruel, callous city slicker. Right. Who was like, well, 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 Jack McBrayer, I knew I smelled, you know, horse manure. You know, did you muck out the barn? And he- No, I did not, sir. Yes, and he is so, Jack is so good at going with it. He'd be like, sir, that is wrong. I am not, you know, sir, that is, and he would, and he would really commit to it. So I would commit to my guy. Right. And he would commit to his guy. And what I didn't know is that the crew was watching all this (laughs) and they thought it was real. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I love Jack, but literally Jack would be at the double doors waiting to rehearse and I would see him out of the corner of my eye and I'd start sniffing the air going, (laughs) (laughs) way, way, way. (laughs) Sounds to me like somebody just came fresh from the, you know, the hog farm. And he'd be like, sir. I most certainly did not. And what I, if I did? I came from, yeah, I came from my condominium in Midtown. I'd be like, oh, you kind of, did you get scared about the elevator? <laughs> that moving box? I did not, sir. I know perfectly well what an elevator is. And we would do this. So at one point, we would just do this and we would really commit to it. And neither one of us would break. And I remember uh, one time I'm walking out and there's a couple of members of the crew mm. Yeah, cameraman, they're standing around and a sound guy and they're like, can we talk to you for a second? And I said, <laughs> yeah. And they went, you know, Jack's a really good guy and you're pretty rough on him. Wow. And I said, guys, I love Jack. And they're like, well, if you love Jack, maybe you really, and I was like, are you, no, 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 Jack, Jack, come here. Yeah. <laughs> like tell them. And um, He's, his deadpan's just too good. His right? deadpan yeah. was yes. so, so good. And <laughs> it'd so be the, great if he was like, I, thanks guys. Yes. Yeah. Thanks guys. I have it has been. Well, I've been waiting for someone to intervene yeah, the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So, so he, what happened was, and this is something like you guys, I think can, can attest to, which is that I don't, have boundaries. I don't have, I don't have boundaries, but I also don't segment things. Meaning comedy is not something that I do when people are around right. and it's time to do professional comedy. Right. My thing, whatever you want to call it, good or bad is happening all the time. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. So, um, and I just did, cause we had to wait to even just do this podcast right. and yeah. we were out and I had no, uh, I just have socks on here at the Airwolf <laughs> studios and there's a smooth cement floor and I'm dancing around uh-huh. and doing different characters and, and charging all of us like a bull, and charging yeah. all of you like a bull and acting like a total ass, uh, not acting my age or anyone's age at all. I mean, a four year old would be disgusted. But <laughs> I, uh, this is what I do all the time. So I have, um, I will, Jack will text me something and I'll text back, like just as it's Jack yeah. McBrayer and we're friends. Right. And he'll text me something like, um, you know, um, hey, you plan to have your Christmas party this year? And I'll go, <laughs> well, 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 you know, and I'll, and I'll be texting him back and saying things like, you know, um, you know, the problem is if you bring the mule, you know, everybody's going to want to bring a mule and we can't have a mule at the Christmas party. And he'll text back and say, it just be one thing. No. <laughs> and I'll be like, come on, Jack. And he'll type back like, this is wrong. This is wrong what you're doing. And he'll commit to his thing. And it'll be sometimes it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm chuckling and doing this city slicker guy from like 1911 and he's doing his thing and it's for nobody. It's for nobody. It's madness. Just for the court record. Well, it's for the people at Apple reading your texts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's with Jack again. 
Well, we we have a really fun. <laughs> I shouldn't put this. Oh, like, oh, oh no! God. Uh, whenever Never someone mind. says something, Never mind. it's like when the dentist says, oh, "This won't hurt." No. Yeah. <laughs> we have a really fun. Let's thing. wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, let's stop having our really fun let's conversation and get to this. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm serious. To. We can do whatever you want. Sure. Oh boy. Let's try it. Let's see. I heard that shift in, subtle shift in your voice. We can do whatever you want. Uh huh. Let's see. Absolutely. It's your podcast. He's licking lips right now. Well, we know you love quizzes on your other podcasts, so we we have a. We have I won't a, know anything. That's that's what's going to happen. Like, so I, I know that someone probably thought, "Let's ask Conan if oh, he remembers I these see, things." I want to see. Let's try it. No, but we You already admitted it. that you don't remember most. Right. Of yeah, yeah. Let's hear comedy it. you've done let's the show. It. So we we just wondered based on the titles of these sketches if you would be able to describe them. Okay, or, go. Or maybe try just to guess. guess. Go. So these are really were on. These were on the show. These are the titles from. I completely understand. Everything uh, that okay. you said, this and is, it really needs yeah. more explanation. These were really on. We're just so these to, were actual <laughs> sketches. We're trying to fill the time here. Okay. So we'll say the name of the sketch, and then you. Okay. I'll tell you if I remember it. Or uh, not. So th- from 1997, Naked Goat. Nope, no idea. What's Naked Goat? Uh, because of rating success of Pamela Anderson Lee doing SNL monologue naked. We thought we'd try something. Pamela Lee's dad, Burton Anderson, comes out, disrobes, groin pixelated. This makes our ratings go up. So now we present a naked goat eating with groin pixelated. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. You guys are. Oh, my God. I, this is just going to lead me to believe that our show sucks. <laughs> I know, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to well, ask for a gun. What if, done. Oh I was th- feeling so, thinking so fondly of our show. All right. Keep going. Oh, I love oh. it. One of these will be funny. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh. The Wilcox Brothers. Oh, uh, no. I remember vaguely. I remember the Wilcox Brothers. Just give me a little more. Just give me a little more. Conan gets interrupted by Andy's whining. Well, that doesn't help. Uh, yeah, that's, just, that's, just, <laughs> that's called Thursday. Andy's tired. He mm-hmm. didn't take his nap. It's okay because Andy Richter. Well, this is going to give it away. Is played by the Wilcox Brothers. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. No, it's this. So apparently. You're allowed to look up good sketches. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to do. I'm going to move You don't on. have to just pick these ones that are oh, these. No. Were these funny? Were they good? We, we didn't even we watch them. Oh, of, great. We, we liked the titles. This is like an autopsy where they find out that the, per, <laughs> the person died 700 different ways. <laughs> he was shot and he had cancer and someone shoved a cannonball up his rectum. Go ahead. Voldemort versus Mary Poppins. Nope. Oh. 2012. Okay. That doesn't matter. That, does that help? Well, I kind of remember that do one. You? Yeah. It was part of the UK Olympics. Sona, what do you think it was? Never mind. I don't remember it. Okay. You said UK Olympics. I don't it's remember It's a matchup it. of Voldemort versus Mary Poppins, two uniquely British characters. Uh-huh. The two figures are fighting live with Voldemort beating the crap out of Mary Poppins when suddenly Tiny Tim appears. <laughs> Apparently to help Mary, but then he just helps finish off Mary Poppins. Oh, my I'm just, God. I'm just, oh <laughs> I'm just getting depressed. Uh, oh, man. You know, no. these look, are funny. Uh, I'm laughing. No, no, I'm sure. Look, I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm sure some of this was good. I mean, we did some really amazing stuff. We did. You You're know, probably saying, why mm-hmm. are we? No, no. I mean, I remember the things that stand out to me is I remembered we once did a week where we were pretending to travel through time. Yes. And yeah. you were part of this, Sweeney. We built... A giant um, Trojan horse during it was a during the Greek period the, the night where we were doing uh, it was all Greek yes. yes and I was wearing a toga and and we pushed this giant and built 
had built a giant. We actually talked to Bill Tull about it. Yeah, and Bill Tull. So he built a giant, real Trojan horse, and they were pushing it through Manhattan, and we timed it so that a giant truck would go smashing through it right outside Letterman Studio. Yes. And smash, and it looked amazing. And our first guest that night, who was watching all of this backstage, was Martin Scorsese. Yes. (laughs) And Martin Scorsese came out, and, you know, I talked to him, and then during the commercial break, he was like, they, uh, I, I got to tell you that the thing with the 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 shot, the the Trojan horse and the, and the truck, that was really well shot. <laughs> wow! And I was sitting there in a fucking toga, getting a compliment from Martin Scorsese. Yes. And uh, yeah, so there was just so much. Yes. But I'm sure you put a lot of work into picking ah. these ones. <laughs> We did talk to Bill Tall about the Trojan horse because he had it made in New, New Jersey. Bill Tall, our prop master. He yeah, had, yeah. They they w- circumvented union rules to and made it in New Jersey so that it would be ready in time. Well, it's good to reveal these things now. <laughs> after there's there's got to be a there's union a statute of limitations. Oh, yeah. He admitted. I'm surprised the building wasn't shut down with the crimes that were committed in the prop room. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, un- we used to have. I mean, we remember we had. We used to attempt. Um, pyrotechnics on our show all the time. Oh, and yes. I swear to God, uh, there was um, no names or anything. No it's names. just that things were done very quickly, uh, maybe not with an eye towards- um, Codes, the word codes. Various codes, <laughs> safety codes. I'm just surprised, I'm shocked. Uh, it, we were blessed. We were blessed that we managed to do, especially at 30 Rock, um, when we came out to Los Angeles in 2009, you know, people have been making stuff here in Los Angeles for, right. you know, for 80 years. Right. So you'd want a special effect and, you know, but sometimes we would want something or need something in 30 Rock. And, and it didn't exist. Yeah. And we'd find someone in a deli and say, can you make this thing blow right. up? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> we'd go to a shoe store. Anyway, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. He also told one of my all-time favorite stories about, I don't want to give it away, but the time we took down Live at Five's nightly broadcast single-handedly. Oh, yeah. we they were building shelves. Yeah. I said, do you mind talking about that? He goes, I don't give a shit. Yeah. That's, I remember that very well. Yeah. They broadcast the local news that all of New York watched across Live the hall five. from us, Live right. at Five. And it's how Manhattan found out what the hell was going on in Manhattan. Right. So it's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, Bill Toll decided to put in some shelves. Yes. And, and I think he took a big, uh, he didn't consult anybody and took a giant electric saw and cut through the wall <laughs> oh, and cut shit. through a cable. And uh, no one in Manhattan. Like, These cables must not be yeah, anyone, <laughs> anywhere. Anyone watching live at five, the whole feed went out all across Manhattan. And it's because the our co- prop master wanted some shelves. <laughs> yeah. He did it at 430 and oh. it was the wires that connected them to every reporter in the field. No, I mean, you know, it's funny because I've had people say to me, um, are you ever going to write a book? And I think I have to, I, I know that I have to write a book about all the things that happened, but um, I'm going to need a lot of, I'm going to need a lot of people to help me remember right. yeah. everything right. that happened. Well, you and should also, listen to Inside Conan. Uh, yeah. I, I'll do that. You know about the Wilcox brothers. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's going to be in the book. I don't think they're going <laughs> to make it into the book. They'll make it into the supplement. They're not even making it into this podcast, <laughs> yeah. let alone your book. Do you, remember the, do you remember this sketch? Who brought up the Wilcox brothers? I want to know. Uh, anyway, go ahead. You yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I just. Um, <laughs> it's too much. There was way too much that yeah. happened that was. Uh, 
And, and, and I think some of the beauty of that, especially that first year of the show and two years is that we didn't know any better. And there's a beauty to not knowing any better. When you mature or get older, not that I matured, but we started to learn some of the boundaries. But in 93, especially 93, 94, we were trying to do a Saturday Night Live every night. Right. And we would have these ideas and and Robert Smigel, right. uh, who's so brilliant, yes. would, if one thinks of it, then it can be done. Mm-hmm. Right. And we tried so much stuff that you just wouldn't try. I mean, I wouldn't try it now right. because I'd be too scared. Yeah. We did a thing on the show, I think that first season where we, we did a whole thing where, and I'll never forget this, we created like a hospital drama that had, and this is all done in front of a live studio audience. Right. And um, we live to tape, but still you have to get it right the first time. Mm-hmm. We had a whole audience and what we would do is, it's a hospital drama. And we got Martin Sheen to be the doctor. Oh, wow. Martin yeah. fucking Sheen. <laughs> and then I'm in it and Andy's in it and we're also doctors and there's like, and. And what would happen is we would have actors who were wearing green screen things over their faces. And what we would do is we would have, we would suddenly cut to someone in the audience and their head would be on that actor's body and they had to read the line. It was called sit in the seat theater. Sit in your seat theater. And it basically meant that, and and suddenly we just hold up a card. So what you were seeing was this person just came to see a, Late night right. talk show. Like, oh yeah, well, Letterman's not here. That's too bad. They got this new guy. I hear he sucks. Well, I don't know. It's raining out and no one else is coming in to see it. Let's go check it out. And they're watching pretty, pretty much this play and uh, this scene, this like five, six, seven minute scene. And Martin Sheen is there having this intense conversation. And we would just put someone in the audience's face into the scene on that actor's body and hold up lines for them to say. <laughs> and suddenly they're doing a scene with Martin Sheen. Yeah. And it somehow worked. Mm-hmm. And it I just really remembered funny. at rehearsal thinking, we're all gonna die. <laughs> and and um, they're just hundreds of thousands of crazy things like that that yeah. happened that are, yeah. we're just, uh, they scare me now thinking about them. It's like when you're older and you remember the time that you, I remember the time I got on a motorcycle and I right. mm-hmm. I just had never been on a motorcycle before, so I tried to jump over a bunch of milk cartons. Right. And you're you're af- you're more alive. you're yeah. more afraid later on. Right. Yes. I'm when terrified you know now. The yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. I mean, it's really fun. it's been so fun to talk to people about those early days of uh, you know when it really felt like this energy of people who had nothing to lose and just going for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very, uh, obviously indebted to, we, we gathered a really good crew, a merry band that, um, no one, I, I was the most, I was the television professional cause I had worked on Saturday Night Live and the Simpsons. Right. No one else I hired had worked in television and, and Robert and I were the only, we were supposed to be the adults and we weren't. Uh, oh and, boy. um, good God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, I'm really glad you're doing this and um, maybe I'll drop back in again because oh, I, be I, I, mm-hmm. I love talking about this stuff. You remember a lot too. Yeah, I think once yeah, we yeah. get, uh, no, I do remember that. It's just that I can remember a lot. It's when you bring up specific things. Uh-huh. Right. And I will tell you this just very quickly, which you. is 
when the great actor um, Jerry Orbach passed away uh, from Law and Order, I remember thinking, I said out loud to somebody at the show, my God, I love Jerry Orbach. He's such a cool actor. And um, I wish I'd gotten to do like a scene with him. Mm -hmm. And people said, you did. (laughs) And I said, no, I didn't. I would know if I, what are you talking about? I said, I love Jerry Orbach. I idolize that guy. I wish I'd done a scene. And and people were like, you did. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I got into a big fight. (laughs) They walked out of the room. It was your bit. And and so Mike storms out of the room. Mike comes back with one of those giant bricks because it's a different era. It's a VHS tape that's like 19 pounds. And he shoves it into the machine and he presses the button. And I'm on the Law & Order set <laughs> and Jerry Orbach is right in my face grilling me and I'm refusing to talk. It's good cop, bad cop. And I had no memory and it yeah. chilled me to the bone. Wow. But um, so uh, I will listen to this because I'll learn a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen to Mike and Jesse on this new season of Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast on Team Coco. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, because it's probably a really good uh, instructional audio tape on how not to do things. <laughs> Including um, a podcast. Yeah there's, yeah, there's a link in the episode description that will take you to our interview. And thank you both very much for thank doing you this. So thank much. you very much. Yeah. Really nice this to was fun. Conan O'Brien Needs a Fan with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solateroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Music by Jimmy Vivino. Supervising producer, Aaron Blaird. Associate talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Associate producers, Sean Doherty and Lisa Berm. Engineered by Will Beckton. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This episode was produced and edited by me, Brett Morris. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 